Welcome to episode 56 of season 2 of the Search with Candor podcast. I am your host, Jack Chambers Ward, and this week I am joined by the SEO technical analyst at Second Eclipse, Sadiq Ajala. And Sadiq and I are going to be talking about a pretty interesting topic I've touched on a couple of times with previous guests and a couple of times on the show. Sadiq is going to go through five simple mistakes that will rule your website out of Google's knowledge graph. We'll also touch on Sadiq's career so far, his journey through the FCDC, his internships and all that kind of stuff. And we'll get on to talking about mistakes that you can make to keep you out of the knowledge graph and why you shouldn't make them, essentially. <laughs> it's a very interesting topic. Sadiq is a really, really interesting guy. And I'll get into that conversation in a moment. But before we get to my conversation with Sadiq, of course, I'd like to say a thank you to the fantastic sponsors of this show. That is, of course, Systrix, the SEO's toolbox. And you, dear listeners, can go to systrix.com SWC if you want to check out some of their fantastic free tools, such as their SERP snippet generator, hreflang validator, the Google Update Radar, or if you want to check your site's visibility index. And speaking of visibility index, there is the latest update and essentially a roundup for Index Watch 2022 for the UK retail side of things. And this is compiled by, of course, the wonderful Steve Payne over at Systrix, who has been on the show previously, funnily enough. And this dives into the essentially winners and losers total and percentage of all the UK retail websites across 2022, including big names like Argos and Tesco, Marks and Spencer, B&Q, Primark, all that kind of stuff. The kind of stuff you've come to expect from these Systrix retail editions of the Index Watch. And yeah, there's some really interesting stuff. Tesco in particular have seen a pretty massive rise. I think it was like four or five years ago. Um, actually, back in 2017, they saw a pretty serious drop in domain visibility when Tesco Direct was shut down. And now they have pretty much expanded a lot of their grocery side of things. And that part of the site is performing incredibly well. Uh, Steve also dives into a little bit of data about Primark. There is an ongoing study on Primark that gets updated regularly. Of course, I'll put a link for that in the show notes so you can check that out if you want to keep an eye on what's happening with Primark and their changes on their website. And one of the best examples and one of the examples that keeps coming up on this show as a fantastic example of the way to create informational content for a transactional website is B&Q, which here in the UK is a very big like department store kind of thing you'd you'd think of in America. Lots of like tools and and things like that, essentially. Lots of garden and home and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, they have DIY.com, which is a pretty fantastic domain to start with. But they just continue to grow, essentially. They continue to grow significantly. And they are doing some fantastic stuff. They have their knowledge hubs, which are absolutely fantastic. They have some really, really good category pages as well. There's a pretty, pretty significant rise in their category pages and the visibility there. And then coming over to the biggest losses, Gumtree is one of those. And that was mentioned uh, a little while ago in one of Loose Rawlings reports in, in, in the index watch of Q1 of 2022. And they continue to lose throughout the year, pretty much. Gumtree are not doing well under their new owners. And yeah, Gumtree are certainly on the way out, it seems. 
Paper Chase is another example of one of the losers. They have gone into administration, unfortunately, and have lost a significant amount of visibility even just since October of 2022. And in fact, Tesco have purchased Paper Chase as of uh, last week, I think it was at time of recording. So we might see them uptick a little bit once Tesco get their hands on that domain and start shifting stuff around. We've seen some similar acquisitions and mergers have a pretty significant change in visibility for some brands over the last few years or so. So maybe we'll see that from that brand, from Paper Chase, now that they've been acquired by Tesco. There's plenty of other data to be diving into. And if you want to get a full scope of the winners and losers of Index Watch 2022 across all UK retailers in terms of absolute visibility increases and percentage visibility increases and losses, you can go to systrix.com slash blog and you'll get the full breakdown there for you. And of course, links will be in the show notes for all of this stuff at search.withcanda.co.uk. And welcome to the show, Sadiq Ajala. How are you, sir? Very fine. Thank you very much for having me, Jack. How's it going over there? Yeah, good, thank you. It's fairly cold in the UK today. I think you're at little, probably a little bit warmer over in uh, <laughs> Nigeria, right? Very, very hot. What kind of temperatures do we have over there right now? Uh, I think we'll be about 36. And um, because I live in the um, north central part, and you know, northern northern parts of the country are always very hot, you know. So yeah, that's 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 the reason. I think it's about five or six degrees here, so pretty cool. Yeah, we're about, <laughs> we're, we're, we're thirty five degrees right now. Just checked. Yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> well, Sadiq, we have a topic to discuss, but we'll get to that in a minute because I want to talk to you a little bit about your journey and your career so far in SEO and digital marketing. And much like my previous guest, Goodness Azabogu. You've gone through a similar process through the FCDC, right? Am I right in thinking that? Yes, yes, yeah. Cool. So what was the process like for you, you know, thinking of that, kind of what was your career before and what was your thoughts of like joining the FCDC, going through that process and, and, you know, becoming the SEO superstar you are now? Absolutely. Thank you very much for (laughs) for that question. So I... I started mechanical engineering, but I started my career as a classroom teacher. I was teaching physics, mathematics, and computer studies. And um, from being a classroom teacher, I transitioned into management consulting. And um, as a management consultant, using data to like make informed decisions and all of those, so I got a, a, a grasp of um, you know data analytics, reporting, and all of those. And um, after spending about four years in management consulting. I said to myself, uh, I think it's, it was time for me to leave. And um, leaving felt that I should um, learn more skills and then do more things. So that way, I, I started by writing freelance. So from freelance writing, I had to like incorporate the whole lot of um, digital marketing. I was building Word, um, WordPress, WordPress web, website. I was designing graphics. I was writing, I was doing like those three calls and I was also doing a very little bit of um, data analytics for some of the clients that I ended up doing email marketing for. So, and that has like been my main career for about, see, four years now. And then some, some sometimes last year, I was just scrolling through the streets of LinkedIn and then I saw Chima's post about, you know, learning technical SEO and I was like, 
and immediately I told to myself, like, okay, I'm a technical person. I've been studied mechanical engineering and um, I also know how to write. And then I think I could like fit both together. So I I applied, you know, I filled the application form and, and lo and behold, I was, I was selected and um, I had to like join that court who would be taught by like the queen of SEO, as we always call her in our latest solis. And Amazing. That, was, that, that <laughs> was not the beginning of like that brand new, exciting journey for me. And it's been super, super exciting so far. That is so cool. I love I love that hearing, like you said, that that journey right from engineering and things like that, and then through to writing, and then through to technical SEO. I think that's a perfect way of describing, like the blend of the two, the two coming together, the technical side and kind of the creative side of your brain coming together and absolutely creating absolutely. SEO in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. I come from a physics background myself, so I'm I, I find it really interesting when people come from kind of scientific backgrounds and, and previous careers and things like that and then learning you can almost use the same skills right you learn some skills that you can then transfer in problem solving like you said data data analytics and all that kind of stuff as well i think yeah. they're so useful for yeah. when you're auditing a site or when you're looking at things from a technical perspective those skills are can be so useful super useful um a couple of weeks ago i was i was on a call with my my mentor andrew cook and um at some point, I I, I was you know explaining my, my my problems to him, telling him I I do not think I have as much experience for me to like you know do this. And I was like, wait, why would you say that? So you are less than a year as a technical SEO, but you have a background in management consulting, which is all about you know critical thinking, problem solving, and all of those project management. So you have all of these skills. So bringing all of those skills into technical SEO, it's a perfect, you know, um, mix. And to him, he said that, like, you, you have, like, three or four years experience as technical SEO. So if you're thinking <laughs> you're next, no, because you have all other experiences that are fit into the technical SEO space. And I was like, okay, if you say so. Yeah, definitely. I, th I think that's totally true, right? You think about how much... Like I said, those transferable skills, how much you can learn and develop and build upon what you've got already, but just apply it in a different way. And and like you said, if you, you're already building WordPress sites, you're already on that yeah. journey, before, maybe even before you even realized it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cool. So I understand now you're um, doing an internship with Second Eclipse, is that right? Yeah. So the internship ended some couple of months ago, and I'm now a technical, um, technical SEO specialist at um, Second Eclipse. Amazing. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you very That's much. incredible. <laughs> yeah, how, how are you finding like remote work, full-time work, all that kind of stuff? Uh, were you were you doing that when you were writing previously or were you mostly kind of office-based and things like that? Yeah. So as soon as I was writing previously, you know, I, I deal with a lot of clients. So I'm already used to, um, you know, delivering top quality work you know, before deadline, you know, I'm already used to interacting with clients. I'm like used to do all of the things. So I'm used to like mm. working from home or whenever I do not feel like working from home, like just going over to KFC, like have some snacks and then walk from there, you know, so I'm used to working however I want to. So yeah. it does, doesn't really make any difference for me. And, you know, sometimes <laughs> when I do my work and my, and um, maybe on, um, 
the project management app that we use Monday. So whenever some of my uh, my SEO lead drops a task for me, you know, expecting that, you know, maybe the task will be done in like three or four days. And then maybe in a day or two, I'm like done with the task. I'm like, wow, you're so fast. Like I see those <laughs> deadlines are threatening. So I quickly want to like finish up my task so that I can like, you know, um, spend my time doing some other, you know, work for the company. That's an awesome uh Awesome skill to have. I think that's something I still need to learn a lot of times as well. <laughs> those deadlines, those timings and stuff. It's always, always important. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Cool. So when I put out the call for new guests on the show, this is basically my plan for a lot of 2023 is to have people like yourself, people like goodness and who haven't had an opportunity to be on an SEO podcast before who hopefully will get the word out and your career will skyrocket and you become the seo superstar you were destined to be right thank that's you. the plan yeah thank you <laughs> so when we first started talking you brought up a really interesting topic and it's something i've kind of touched on a little bit with previous guests but it's something i don't know a huge lot about myself so i'm very interested to learn some things from you this week sadiq so we're going to talk about the knowledge graph the knowledge panel and the way you worded it, I thought was really interesting. Five simple mistakes that rule websites out of Google's knowledge graph. And I think that is such a nice, succinct way of putting it, a clear way of putting it, where so many people can get you know, caught up in all the different data and all that kind of thing. But giving five simple guidelines for don't do this, make sure you don't do these things, and it will benefit you, your brand, and your clients, and things like that. I think it's a really interesting topic. I very much appreciate you coming with prepared with an interesting topic straight away. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. So should we dive in? We'll start with the basics for listeners out there who don't know much about the knowledge graph itself. Give us a little bit about what is the knowledge graph and how does it work? Okay. So um, most times, most people that have like have conversations with, you know, confuse um, the feature snippets and the knowledge graph. But they are lots different. Um, the the feature snippet is just providing like a quick information about you know something, and most of the time it shows on the left part of um the Google Search. Why um the knowledge graph you know provides relevant you know information about something that you're searching for, and um, um it brings it in at least in a detailed way you know, and um, structure it in, in, in a form that you can easily, you know, understand that factual thing that you're like um, searching for. And most of the time, you know, um, the, the knowledge graph are always on the right side of, of, of the search, right? And on the top side. So, and um, knowledge graph is simply um, a semantic network. So um, what, what I mean by semantic network is that it represents um real world entities so entities like um objects like name like events like you know situations and all of those so i'm going to like paint an example for you so um sodic is is the name that's like one entity you know and second eclipse is somewhat connected to sodic you know technical seo is somewhat connected to sodic the fcdc is somewhat connected to Sodic. so those are entities you know, all around um, Sadiq. And um, the knowledge graph has like three main components. So the, the node, which is like the entity, you know, and that could be um, a person, a place, you know, object and all of those, and then edge. So so the edges are 
talks about like the kind of relationship that that entity, those entities like have with each each other, and then the other part is the labels, and the labels talks about the the meaning of that relationship. So these three things, you know, work together: the notes, the edge, and the labels. They work together to bring a kind of um proper understanding of what that keyword or that entity um is so yeah that's that's basically um like the simplest way that i feel that i can explain knowledge graph nice yeah th- like i said we touched on entities a lot when i had sarah taha on the show a few weeks ago and um, we talked about how it's often people think of like companies and celebrities and things like that they're kind of the the obvious choices for a lot of people right when you google something you google apple or google or you know massive massive world yeah. famous companies and things like that but yeah. it can actually be something as simple as your personal brand and that again that's something i talked about sarah with i know she was working on there were, there was another sarah taha that she was trying to essentially beat in google <laughs> like oh the more famous version of me i know um, before i got married my name was jack chambers i don't know there are more famous jack chambers than me there was a canadian film director an australian dancer and i was like do I need to build my personal brand and like get the knowledge graph built around me and things like that? And I think, yeah, it's essentially a way of like easily digesting that information, right? It's a nice little summary at a glance. You don't need to go scrolling through the results page or anything like that. It's a nice little, so like you said, on that right-hand side, you just get a little box that gives you essential information. Like you said, age, dates, all that kind of stuff. And I think that's, that's the key there is understanding that information and i guess the next thing we're going to talk about is where does that information come from because i know that's been a big debate in seo over the last few years (laughs) yeah yeah so um most of the information on um knowledge graph you know um they're typically like it data says from various sources you know which and 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 these sources like frequently differs in 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 structures so um, this could come from, say, um, you Google My Business because Google is trying as much as it can to like understand um, that what what that concept or what that business is. And I'm going to like give you an example. So one of the factual example, one of the factual things that most times turns out to like show up on the knowledge graph is um, you know factual questions. So somebody asks a question that. Um, where is the longest bridge in the world? I think it's somewhere in China anyway. But when you ask that question, or when you say, where is the Big Bang? So you're asking, you you are likely to like get factual response about these things, right? And where is Google likely to like get most of this information that is going to like use to populate the, the knowledge graph? So one, it could come from, you know, GMB, just as I said the other time, Google My Business, um, publicly available information, you know, when Google crawled, you know, web content, um, web, web content, you know, um, licensed data from third parties, you know, and also from users who contribute, you know, factual information, you know, like, you know, like addresses about a thing, like, you know, phone numbers and et cetera. So it is this information, uh, you know, factual information that Google must have also gathered from several other you know, important sources, just as I mentioned. Yeah, I think that's a, a key that, it, from my understanding, it changed a few years ago, right, where before 
Wikipedia was essentially the number one source of information for Google for the knowledge graph. And everyone was just like, oh no, everyone needs a Wikipedia page. We all need to write our own Wikipedia page or find someone who knows someone who works at Wikipedia, one of the editors, and like get them to make a Wikipedia page for me or something like that. But you're totally right now in, in 2023, it's pulling from different sources of information and again to talking about topical authority and EEAT and all the things we talk about a lot in SEO having that understanding of where those where that information where that data is coming from can be so important it can be something as simple like you said as an address or a phone number from a Google business profile or it can be a Wikipedia page or your author page on a say like a a well-respected journal or something like that yeah, part of these these days, you know, you could still be on the knowledge um, graph without being on Wikipedia. So, so Wikipedia is not not actually the, it's very good if you are, but if you don't, yeah, it's still fine. You could still be on the knowledge on the knowledge graph. Like I said, everybody was kind of worried that you had to have Wikipedia, but nowadays there are a lot of different sources. There are a lot of different ways to do it, and yeah. we're going to dive into some ways of how not to do it, which I think is a very interesting way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So should we should we dive into your top five? Don't do these mistakes for the knowledge. Yeah, graph. yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 the five don'ts that you shouldn't do is that um, when you don't properly list your business on Google My Business, you are likely to like be ruled out of the knowledge graph. Um, this is very important because. For you to like feature, you know, on that knowledge graph, Google wants to understand your business or your brand as much as possible. And um, one of the, you know, easiest place, you know, one of the, I I could say one of the trusted place that um, Google feel that they can better understand your brand or your business is, you know, having a Google My Business page. And um, because with this, you know, Google knows your location, Google knows your work hours, you know, Google's know, know, they know, they have your contact information, you know, um, and everyone, everyone is talking about, you know, the consistency that NAP has to like bring for you, talking about name, address, and uh, your phone number. So like having a very good description of your business, you know, and the categories with which your business falls into um, properly adding your service, you know, and your product. And um, also not, you know, train our reviews because, you know, reviews from third party people, from, 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 the, from users or from other people as a way of like bringing that trust or that authority to your website is, you know, similar, sim, it, it's similar to getting like, you know, backlinks from, you know, from other sites. So it shows that um, your, your website has been trusted. So like having, you know, reviews on your Google My Business page and also interacting with these people. So any, someone drops you a review and, you know, saying things, you know, or even communicating with that person, responding to customer reviews, you know, also have this beautiful way of like um, making you look trusted, you know, making your information much more valid in, in the eyes of um, Google. So whosoever does not have that proper um setting the proper consistent articulation of what they are doing on Google My Business would most likely, you know, fall out of um, the um, Google Knowledge graph. Yeah, I think that's a such an important part because obviously they are two parts of Google essentially talking to each other, right? And we know 
Google likes information it can verify through its own platforms. We know yeah. Google likes this kind of stuff. We This has proven time and time again over the years, right? And I think categories is something so many people get wrong with Google Business Profile. I know I was talking to a client, uh, I think sometime last year, and they'd essentially picked all the possible categories that they could ever potentially be in. And it was like 15 to 20 different categories. I was like, that is... Maybe a bit too much. Like, yeah, assign too your much. assign your primary category, and then maybe a few more after that. But don't go too crazy yeah. because I think yeah. you're totally right. You can spread yourself a little bit too thin. And with that knowledge graph, you want quick information for the user to say, "This is what we do. This is what we are best at. This is where you should come and be our customer." Whereas Absolutely. if you're saying, "Oh, we do a hundred different things," as as you were saying there, like you might actually lose some trust and say, "Oh." Right, okay, so Jack does 100 things, but he doesn't do any of them very well. But yeah. Sadiq, he does three things, and he does three of them perfectly, brilliantly. He's the best in the world. So I think understanding that balance is really key there. And like you said, clearly conveying correct information from your business profile is so important for both the knowledge graph and local SEO in general as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um there, there was this time that on, on my LinkedIn profile, I used to have um, technical SEO specialists, you know, um, Digira Makira, um, Structured Data, um, what else, in Web Analytics. Like, the all of what I love to do mm -hmm. were, like, just there. And um, when I knew more about, you know, stuff like this, I felt whosoever sees this will just see that, you know, this person is... Um, Jack of all trades and master, you know, master of none. So it's best that you put one critical thing or quite a few of those things that you know that you can do properly so that it speaks straight to people. And whenever people interact with you, they could get to like know more about all of the things that, that you do. So um, on, on my LinkedIn profile now, you wouldn't see a WordPress developer. But if I got on a call with a client and I talk about, you know, you know, building WordPress website and all of those. So th that person could have an idea that, okay, this person knows how to do this thing. But obviously the person came from seeing me as a technical issue specialist. So that's like um, very, very important. Yeah. I think it's picking that key selling point, that unique selling point, your main skill, your main product, your main service, whatever it is, and yeah. like focusing on that and having that clear thing. And I don't know LinkedIn has really improved over the last few years of being a source for knowledge graph stuff as well right that coming back to that sources of information we were just talking about i know linkedin yeah. is very very important for that so yeah. if you are looking to build your personal brand google business profile linkedin all that kind of stuff is super super important absolutely i agree with you cool what's the next one for us Sadiq? number two yeah yeah so number two is that most people think that they can be on you know the google knowledge graph without having top quality content on your website. And this still goes back to um, Google wanting to like understand you better. And then Google trying to like see if that expertise, that authority, you know, that experience, all of those critical things, the eat, you know, um, Google wants to like see that you actually have them before they can see that information, that brand, that business has been factual to appear on the knowledge graph. So if you do not have, or if you do not create high quality content on your website, you might, you know, miss out on, on, um, on the Google knowledge graph and creating high quality websites is about, you know, 
doing properly your you know your keyword research you know ensuring that um your content provide maximum value to whosoever your target audience are and not just creating those content and leaving the content there to stay and you should also like get people to like interact with the content and because doing content content writing you know most of your content could like say 20 percent but promoting that content and ensuring that people get to like interact with that content is 80 percent and when people do that when people put comments on on your post when people interact with it you know google also picks all of those data and see that you have the 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 expertise that you're supposed to have you know the authority the trust and they can also see that your website is um is 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 of the level is up to par to be on 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 the knowledge graph so it's very very important that you create high quality content on your website to be able to get featured on um the knowledge graph and um aside creating those content you want to also in, in, in include schema because um schema is very, very it's very very important you just don't um create content because it's part of this this structured data that google put together to properly arrange your content on 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 the knowledge graph and um there are some stuff there's this schema identity and context so these three things you know um work together you know to provide um structure to like diverse data and out of this work you know schema provides the framework for for your knowledge graph you know um identity um identities classify like the the underlying nodes like the the, the objects the the place the person that are in that data and your context determine the setting with which all of those you know interact with with each other and these three key things are what makes makes knowledge exist and these components are the ones that distinguish um say toyota as a brand or toyota as someone's name and the same thing with apple so apple as a fruit and apple as as as, as a brand so these three key things the schema the the identity you know and then the context with which they have been explained are what like bring more understanding better understanding of what you're talking about to to google so while creating that high quality content you want to also ensure that you have um a structured data in place that fits that content perfectly could be an auto could be an faq you know whatsoever it is you want to ensure that that is also implemented you know on that page so that's that's the second thing yeah i think that's so important and funny enough i was talking with mark about this the other day and we were have a conversation in the office and we were talking about how important structured data is and how nice it is from google's perspective if you you're essentially providing them like you said the framework the guideline for them to find that data instead of having to crawl your site and find an about page and all this kind of stuff you put author schema in there you put organizational schema in there all that kind of stuff you are pointing the the the, the flags towards google saying hey come and look at this we're an organization i am an author this is why you should Absolutely. care we are you are categorizing you are structuring your data the, the clues in the name already right <laughs> yeah it's structured data and google loves structured data they don't want to be if they can avoid 
crawling through and using, you know, lots of crawl time and, and server budgets and all this kind of stuff, going through and looking at loads and loads of pointless data to find the good stuff. Structured data is exactly how you highlight that for Google and, and pick it out. And like you said, combining that with actual valuable content that proves, again, coming back to the WAT thing, you have yeah. experience, you're an expert, you're, you're an authority in the space, and you are trustworthy to your customers. Perfect example. You're, you're ticking all the boxes, you're doing everything right. I think that's totally right. And missing out on that stuff and kind of just just wor not worrying about it and just being like, oh yeah, whatever, don't worry about it. Well, I won't bother with schema. I don't need to worry about schema. I don't need to worry about actually you know, providing, let's just make content for the sake of making content or as is the hot topic at the moment, create it with AI because that's been a big topic that's happening in, in SEO recently. Just churn out a bunch of AI generated stuff. That's not going to do you any favors. That's not going to get you on the knowledge graph. I think you're you're totally right, Siddiq. Absolutely. So the thought is that you have to get enough quality backlinks on your site. And you see where, where the premise is coming from because you to, for you to like be on the knowledge graph, just two things. Google wants to like better understand you. And the other is that they want to like, they want to know if other people like trust you. So that's so that trustworthiness it, in WEAT, right? You, you've got to have that T in there. <laughs> you have to like have both. So building high quality backlinks to your websites, it's all about trust. So if someone points to your site, shows that, okay, this person is picking, you know, something factual. So the number, the, the, the higher the number of, you know, backlinks that you have from um, other authority sites, you know, makes you much more trusted, one, and makes that info, makes the information you're providing um, seem more factual. And just as I said the other time, the only kind of information we have on the knowledge graph a factual information yeah. supports like that fact and all of those things on your or, or, on your site, and you can th that way, you know, um, fits for being being on the the knowledge graph. So building, if you do not build high quality backlinks to your website from other reputable sites, you are likely not to uh, make the you're likely not to make the the, the knowledge graph. So try as much as you can to like have those high quality backlinks so that you can signal to Google that your website is credible when it comes to, you know, certain information. Once you are able to like do that, in addition to what we've like highlighted, you know, earlier, you are likely to like make a spot on the, on the, on the Google knowledge graph. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we're coming back around to those, sources of information right those trustworthy sources are the kind of things in in the perfect world you would get those backlinks you would get them from big you know authoritative sites in your topic in your area if you want to write about tech you want it from tech radar if you want it to you know talk about i know science you want it from new scientists and scientific journals and things like that having those quality backlinks is so important and again a very controversial topic in SEO. <laughs> Everybody buying backlinks and doing dodgy things and questionable things. But I think you're totally right. If you want to establish yourself as as an authority, as an expert in a particular area, and 
at the end of the day, that's what the knowledge graph is all about, right? Like you said, it's yeah. facts, it's factual information, it's stuff that people want to know about your client, about you, about your site, about your brand, whatever it is. That's so important. So, to, totally, totally yeah. right. So it's 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 very, very important that we're able to like achieve that. And um also number four, that if you don't do, you are likely not to like um meet meet the, get get that spot is that there are sites that are not um you know technically sound. And as everyone knows that you know technical technical issue is really about three things, you know, the content, you know, the technical, and of course the link side of it. And all of these three work, you know, hand in hand to like help you achieve that that growth. So um there isn't any things and that's that's the way I always say it, that there is there isn't any sense in putting so much work in creating top quality content and then having quite enough, you know, links, backlinks on that content, people trusting you and um, you not having that website in in a clean and crawlable, you know, state. So if you have that very nice piece of information seated on your site and people do not go to it, there is there, there's this way that it reduces, you know, every of the value, every of the quality that you think your website should have. So even if you follow the, the double EAT, you know, like you are experienced, you are an expert in your field, people trust you, you know, you're an authority, but your site doesn't have like those critical technical um, criteria that you should have in terms of, um, in, in terms of speed, in terms of, um, you know, responsiveness, in terms of um, being able, it's, it's, it's like a waste of time. So even if word of mouth and all of those other, you know, marketing means prove that you're an expert and people say, yes, I've seen him, um, you know, spoken at an event, you know, people trust him. Is this, is that, but your website does not have like that technical soundness, then you are going to like be nowhere to be found. And Google wouldn't want to like see that, um, you are factual, that, that, that your content is factual enough and then place you on the knowledge graph and you drag him back their users, right? because your website does not load faster, you know, because your website is not responsive enough, you know, going by these days that quite a lot of people, you know, check several things on their website or, or on, on, on their mobile phones as compared to, you know, desktop and all of those things. So the number four thing that you don't want to do if you want to feature on the Google Knowledge Graph is that you want to ensure that your website is technically sound meet all of those technical SEO criteria so that you can, you know, um, feature on the graph. So that's number four. Nice. Yeah, I think that's so important. Again, it's allowing Google and allowing users to find the information easily. That's such a key part. Like crawlability is such an important part of that, right? You're, yeah. you're exactly right. If you're having broken links or that your internal linking doesn't make sense or whatever it is, you can create all the content in the world. You could be the best writer, the most perfect expert the world's best in whatever but if people can't find it and if crawlers can't find it what's the point it, you're totally right use. <laughs> yeah it's of no use. yeah and, and we know some of those elements are ranking factors we know they're important to google they have confirmed as much in yeah 
over the years, many, many years. We know technical SEO is, is that foundation for everything, right? That is, yeah. um, whenever we have a new client here, and I know this is something I've like tied into my career the whole time, is the first thing you should do is look at the technical aspects of the website. And then you worry about content. Then you think about building backlinks and things like that. But you've got to have that foundation. You've got to have that starting point for... Can users navigate the site? Can crawlers navigate the site? Are we able yeah. to find things without hitting broken links or redirect chains or all this, like you said, Those really things. slow loading pages? We know page speed is a ranking factor as well. This yeah. is all confirmed stuff. And having the basics, ticking all of those boxes is that perfect foundation for then building that content and establishing yourself as. So if you don't, you're totally right. You're missing an opportunity for sure. And somebody else is going to take the opportunity away from you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So there are lots of competitions, you know, everywhere. So, um, so the number five don't, if you want to like feature, is that um, despite the fact that, and it's it, it, it's funny that despite the fact that as technical SEOs, we know that there's a big difference between um, the field data and like the lab data. And we know that the field data is something that you can actually get from Google directly. So using the Google Search Console, um, Google Analytics, you know, Lighthouse, all of those um, tools that technical SEOs use, but they are being created by Google. So some people do not pay as much attention to Google Search Console as they should. Mm. And it's always like, you know, it affects, pains me because I feel like this is Google telling you exactly what they want. Why not pay, you know, the whole attention to Google and like just solve what this person is asking you to solve and then your site can, you know, be technically sound. So um, I, I put up a post on LinkedIn some couple of days ago and I was super excited because that's the first time Jomina liked my post. And I was like, yes, <laughs> so I'm doing something right for Jomina to have like, you know, liked my post on LinkedIn and also, you know, liked it on Twitter. But then what's this post about? This post was about, you know, Google Search Console when people just look at um, data and they do not look as deep as they should. So talking about, say, having about 33K impressions and then having very little clicks. So maybe 1K clicks. Like you can see like the difference is too, the, the, the gap is too wide because Google is literally showing your content but like no one is clicking it. So why are people like not clicking your content? So you have to like take a deeper look at it, you know, maybe change your header, you know, maybe change your meta description, you know, just change some of those little things that shows up for before the main content so that it can be much more enticing for like people to, to click. But if you do not pay attention to like Google Search Console, to like monitor your website, to like solve all of these little, little problems, you are likely not to like make that. So it's pretty easy, just normal common sense. Google wants you to like be on the knowledge graph. If you do not follow Google's rule, you can't be there. And there are lots of things that the Google Search Console talks about, if you understand. And all of these things are important. So like, you know, um, so that it's important that people trust um, you and you can like improve your visibility in the search results. And some of these things are like um, peak performance insights. So we want to like see how this page is doing and then better understand it. Okay, so this page is a page that I need to like be on the knowledge graph. But how is this page doing? Is there something that I need to like, you know, tweak or correct about this site? 
are there some questions that people are asking that I need to like include on this page so that I can like answer those questions? Are they, you know, asking those critical questions about that page and then doing the regular update as much as you should are some of the things that will like put you on the Google Knowledge Graph. So the Google Search Console will provide you page performance insight for you to like better understand your page. They would um, give you crawl reports, like when when your when your pages were were crawled. If they were not crawled, you know, um, they, they, you you can even use the Google Search Console to like audit your backlinks. Like, who are the people like you know pointing to to my site? Are these people you know authoritative you know enough, right? And are these people not not the type of people that I would like want to like point to my website and. Lots of things. Even the Google Search Console, you know, shows you um shows you the um the, the URL testing tool that you can better um do. A couple of weeks ago, um there was there was this this website that we recently migrated, and um so my 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 SEO lead just pointed to me that there's something wrong with with the schema somewhere. Like just just go check, and we're able to like get that pointer from Google Search Console, and it was very important. And then I started like doing the diggings like I think this this schema is correct and all of those and then I had to like create another schema they put it there like use the Google's rich rich results test to like see that this and if you take note you see that most of the tools we're using were like Google like rich results Google just ensuring that most of these things are the way it should be but we started from the URL testing tool to like tell us exactly what was happening. And also with the Google Search Console, you can, you know, you can, opti- you, you can audit and um, optimize your, your rich results, you know, for enhanced performance. You know, all of those critical things are very, very important for you to feature on the Google Knowledge Graph. So these five things that I've mentioned are to like provide you with that, are to like provide Google to like better understand your site your brand, your business, what you're doing, and also from the user point of view that people also like trust you. Once you're able to like put all of these into consideration and then you're able to like act accordingly, then you are you are likely to like make it to the Google Knowledge Graph. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's such a key part of that to understand where you're failing, right? And and you're totally right, whether it's looking at Search Console side of things, whether it's looking at your Google business profile, doing an, an audit almost and thinking of what you're missing and what you've done wrong. Or say, for example, you've worked with an agency who did some bad bad work previously. We've all been there. We've all seen that coming on to join a new client and say, yeah, we worked with an agency previously and it just wasn't working. And you find out there's bad backlinks. They've done a bunch of stuff. They've not fixed a bunch of technical problems and you fall into all of these mistakes. I think that is some really, really good advice to, like you said, level the playing field with everyone. Make sure everything is even, flat out and say, okay, now is your opportunity. If you're looking for that for your client, for your brand, even for you personally, for your personal brand, this is the time to then say, okay, I've done everything I can. This is the foundation. This is the groundwork for me to get on the knowledge graph and build from there, right? That That is perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, listeners, I will give a quick little summary of each of those in the show notes. Of course, links for everything we've talked about will also be in the show notes. If you go to search.withcanada.co.uk, all the links there, and of course, links to everything for Sadiq himself as well. So Sadiq, to finish this off, 
How can people find you? What's the best place to find you across the internet? You already mentioned LinkedIn. I know we're connected on LinkedIn. You've already mentioned Twitter. We're connected on Twitter. Where are the other places people can find you across the internet? Oh, basically, I, I just understand that professionally, most most SEOs that I follow were like um, on LinkedIn and on Twitter. So I basically just stay on Twitter and um, on LinkedIn just to you know connect with the community, learn learn more from you know industry experts that I've like learned from you know over the past few months. And shout out to the all of them, to the all of them from from Alida to um, Jamal. Lily Ray, um, Harij Habwali, um, Christopher, Mojo Bastin, like every, every of those experts um, on that field, in that community has contributed immensely to, to my career. I'm like super, super excited and super, super grateful for all those wonderful, um, valuable um, content and tips that it keep talking about every time so you can basically find me on linkedin and on twitter awesome awesome well folks if you haven't already been convinced i don't know what else could convince you please do go follow sadiq on linkedin and twitter like i said links for all of his social media website and everything like that will be in the show notes and nice and easy for you to follow and click through and yeah go and check out and support sadiq because i think you're going to be going far man you've got a lot you've got a bright future ahead of you in seo and i'm excited to see where you go Thank you very much, Jack. Thank you. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, Steve. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. Likewise, man. Thank you. And that's all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much for joining me, Sadiq Ajala. It was an absolute pleasure to talk about knowledge graphs and dive into a bit more information about the common pitfalls and misconceptions that catch a lot of people out. So if you're looking out there to improve your knowledge graph and ensure your brand or you yourself or the company you work for or whatever it is has got a prominent place on Google's knowledge graph, make sure you do not fall into those common pitfalls that Sadiq has highlighted there. I will, of course, be back next week with another episode, and I will be back chatting with Mark, I believe. Hopefully, we'll be talking about the latest updates. Plenty to talk about in SEO news. I'm sure you're all salivating for us to talk about BARD and ChatGPT integration and all that kind of stuff. So Mark and I will be having a catch-up next week, and I've also got Lily Ugbaja coming up in the next few weeks as well. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for listening, and have a lovely week.